the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Hour 2, Hour 2 of the Pastor Scott Show. Good to be with you today. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. We get together and we talk about the news of the day, issues of the day from a Christian perspective. Do you feel safe in your city, wherever you are, LA, San Diego, places in between, lots of uh, different places listening? Do you feel safe? Like when you go out to a restaurant or you go shopping at the mall, do you feel safe? And I'm asking that because we have had, over the last week in particular, so many of these sort of uh, mass break-ins, right, where a whole group of people uh, go into a shop and they they rob it blind. We saw it at Nordstrom, at the Topanga Mall. We saw it at uh, the Americana in Glendale. And uh, they went into an Yves Saint Laurent. Is that how you say that? Uh, something like that. It's very French. YSL. See, I, it's what? Not, uh, abbreviated YSL. Oh, YSL. That's a lot easier, you know, because you, you could say Yves Saint Laurent, you know, but uh, uh, I took French, so Yves Saint Laurent is probably what it is. But at YSL, then you don't then you, you don't really mess up, right? And who wants to mess up? What's wrong with that? Well, you, you just... You take French, too? I, t- uh, I, I took... Je m'appelle Jose. <laughs> uh, je m'appelle Scott. Uh, see, I remember that. Normally, all I remember is, pardonnez-moi, où est la maison de pancake internationale? Where's the IHOP? You know, which they don't really have in, the, in uh, France, it turns out. It's not really international. I think it's the, you order like French pancakes where they, they put red, white, and blue berries on it or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, do you feel safe? Uh, Mayor of Los Angeles responded last week to all of those different uh, break-ins with uh, a task force. Our number one job is to keep Angelinos safe and to feel safe. When incidents of brazen theft and robbery occur, it shatters that feeling of safety. These are not victimless crimes, especially in the case where Angelinos are attacked through force or fear. No Angelino should feel like it is not safe to go shopping in Los Angeles. No entrepreneur should feel like it's not safe to open a business in Los Angeles. So to Angelinos, our message is clear. Those who commit these crimes will be caught, they will be held accountable, and we will work to address this issue. You know, she made that speech with a whole lot of uh, city leaders behind her. Uh, the one who is not there is the district attorney. Uh, interestingly enough, missing from that. And uh, I think it's because uh, he's highly controversial on this subject. You feel safe. 888-528-2557. Uh, Maurice in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, uh, glad to be here. Hi, Maurice. Hi. Go ahead. Oh, um, okay. So I wanted to uh, add some clarity. Um, I grew up I'm from California. Uh, you asked if we feel safe here. Yeah. 
in California. And first and foremost, I wanted to just kind of stand in the gap here on behalf of, you know, those um, men and women that went into the store. I want to say, you know, just God forgive them for they know not what they do, first and foremost. Um, let's, let's hold these people in prayer. Um, and just to shed light on it, uh, California is, is really hard. You know, um, I'm not even going to put race into it, but just the developments, the transition of power, of leadership, of the economy, and then not to mention the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, we have more people. The populations have grown, so you're going to see more crime. You have less jobs, job opportunities. Uh, so when you have these things, and then obviously we live in a material world, so uh, a lot of the marketing is done towards, you know, the black community. Um and, you know, with high-end luxury uh, goods. And you have to think, somebody has to buy these goods. So you don't know who is in cahoots with these people who are... Somebody's uh, buying the stolen, the stuff they steal, right? So somebody's... Yeah. They're not, they're not going out and right. wearing it. They're selling it. Exactly. So we have to hold those people accountable as well. And then we have to... Um, I mean, I don't think there's anything we could do about it. I mean, there's... Well, we didn't used to have it like this. I think, let, ask, let me ask you this. Right. You said, uh, I, I think that we do want to pray for them. We want them to come to the Lord. You're exactly right that our perspective has to be about that. But I think they know what they're doing. I don't think that, you know, that phrase about Jesus was they didn't know that they're killing the Messiah and creating, you know, a situation where the whole world can be saved. Those guys. Right. But it applies um, all across the world because that's why Jesus died for us all, because he died for our sins. At the yeah, he the definitely day. died and, for all of them. But I think there's a difference, wouldn't you say, between a group of people. And I actually saw this happen once in person, and it was white guys, right? So to sort of take the race right. part out of it, uh, you know, there are people who organize, and right. they stole $400,000. Is that different than a guy who goes into Walmart and uh, steals something that he might need or just really wishes he had because he's, you know, can't afford it? Well, it's greed. It's greed. Yeah. You know, they say the love of money is the, you know, the roots of all evil. So, you know, they're getting cashed out. They're getting a lot of money for these $400,000. That's not get, bad for a yeah, day's work. Get, right. They're not going to get the, you know, dollar amount that it's selling out of the stores, but they're getting a nice chunk of change. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's, that's very, so that's greed, you know. So it's what, not like I'm going into Walmart stealing some toothpaste, toothbrushes, some socks, and some underwear, you know, because I really need it. You know, no, I'm going for the gusto. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think there's a difference, though. And no stealing is right, you know. But no. there's there's for sure, to me, a difference in knocking off the YSL with a whole group of people, or the Nordstrom one, where they had they were driving Lexuses and BMWs where they took off the license plates. And then let's think about this, Pastor. Let's go deep into this. Let's yeah. go deep. Okay. These or these big time corporations. I'm not justifying anything. Okay. Just let's get that straight here. But I'm just adding perspective to this and like this situation. These big time corporations that are in the middle of the inner city. In the middle of uh, the ghettos, I mean, on the outskirts, wherever they're at, Los Angeles is, you go through the streets, you see homeless, you see poverty, you see all of these ills that we suffer, um, a lack of humanity, first and foremost. So I blame these corporations. If you don't want to get your stores robbed, then put back into the community. Give back to the community, hire people, hire security guards, 
get intel. I mean, say, hey, look, we'll give you guys these merchandise. Market our clothes. Model it. Let's work with. Let's work together. We don't want to keep getting our stuff stolen. So obviously, it's a punishment because you're, if you're greedy, these companies are greedy. You're, you're charging hundreds of thousands of dollars as something that's probably made in a factory somewhere of, with child labor. I mean, so it's just, I, I'm sorry. There's a lot of it issues is for is. sure with that. But does it justify the theft? There's always been, you know, in every culture there is, there is wealthy. And we have, to be, we have to recognize that if wealth is your goal, then you're on the wrong path. You know, Jesus made that I really, really clear. I think it's a vendetta. I think it's like, it's like you know, screw them. So you think you that know, this is a political statement in a way? Yeah. Not I mean, merely sure. might be like Maybe even subconsciously. Hmm. Just subconsciously. Because what are you doing with the money? You're going to go buy some, some more clothes that you just stole, buy some drugs? Buy, are you buying a house? Are you buying real estate? Are you starting a business? What are you doing with this money? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of conversation. I appreciate you bringing this up, Maurice, because it I gets into, yeah, thank you for calling. It, it does get us into some of the conversation that has led us to what I think is some policies that, that lead to this, right? That, or a mindset that is there. I think that you, you have to believe that all theft is, is wrong. People do it for different reasons, uh, but there's, there's no place where, yeah, I think sometimes you you somebody stealing food or something and they're hungry, you know, you make a uh, you make a way out for them, right? But when you're you're stealing cars or you're stealing you know fancy stuff to to sell it to other people, uh, I think it's something else. Am I right or wrong? What do you think about that? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Pastor Scott Show, Sherelle in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, hi. Actually, I'm from Inglewood. Um, yeah, so I feel safe in my um, city. I really give a shout-out to the law enforcement that is in my city. So yeah. that's all I really wanted to say. In Inglewood. So when you, go to the, when you go to the mall, and do you have these, uh, these sort of, uh, I don't know what you call them, these big break-ins, is that in mind, or are you just not worried about it? Nope. Not, not, and, I, and as far as I know, there hasn't been anything like that in the malls that I go to. Yeah, in the area that I live. All right, I think that's a great uh, a great thing. Is are you are you if you feel safe or not? Thank you, Sherelle, for saying that. So Sherelle feels safe. I go out. I feel safe. I mean, I'm not like Mister Go to the Mall and Shop, but I like to hang out and observe. Uh, I'm probably mostly go to the mall and see what they got at the uh, the food court. Or if you're in some of these fancy malls, they don't have food courts. You know, they have you know like uh, entree pavilion or something like that. You know, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Craig and Tarzana, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling uh, less safe on several ends. One of the people out there that are doing stuff uh, live right near the mall over here in Topanga. It's been robbed twice. Once my wife was in the store when one of the things took uh, took place. So you shop at that um, mall. You guys shop at that mall. Yeah, so I, mean, you know, I feel less safe there, but I feel less safe uh, from my government, too. Uh, the government is one that's passing a lot of these laws and regulations, deregulating and decriminalizing laws, when you can't get the lawmakers to agree that slavery is something that should be a third-strike crime. That's something that's really sad about our politicians. And what uh, what he, uh, if you're listening, what he's referring to is um, in California, a designation for uh, child trafficking is not considered uh, a serious, legally speaking, a serious crime. I think they're going to make progress on it, but that has been uh, it, it. 
it gets into the argument about the three strikes law and other stuff. To me, that's one that should qualify for the three strikes law. In fact, the one strike law we should have for that one. But uh, I just want to make sure that people know what you're talking about uh, with that so that it doesn't sound, you know, off the wall. Well, I think the other thing that's kind of crazy, it seems off the wall, is we have the federal FBI criminalizing or going after people of faith, Catholics, you know. We have, we have evidence the, that uh, people went after. And they're lying through his teeth that oh, this is just one report in one office. But now it's. Do you feel like twelve hundred twelve hundred documents just on the initial document search? Do you feel like uh, uh, the government stuff has is increasing the crime in our cities, or is it simply a breakdown of culture and it doesn't matter? It it, it increases crime because it allows things to be more permissive that people think I can get away with something or. A group of people can think, oh, I can get away and go in 30 people into a Nordstrom's and, and do this and yeah. get away with it and be let out the same day. All right, Craig, thank you for that. And that is what happened. One of the guys uh, who was arrested and was let out the same day, that's part of it. And you have to believe that there's a, a mindset of, I can get away with this. People are pretty brazen, though. I told you, I did security, which is, it's funny if you know me, but I did. Uh, and, you know, sometimes people... Um, are very brazen. We had a guy who was stealing televisions and we're not talking about like the flat screens that you can just sort of carry out. We're talking about, you know, like a 25 inch Zenith that weighed 700 pounds. Right. And there was a guy stealing one of those every day and we must've lost 20 of them until we figured it out. And he was so brazen that he would just put it in a shopping cart and just walk right out the front door. And I think what happens is people would, people thought, Oh, he must've paid for that because you could buy it in the back, right. At the appliance department at that came apart. That guy might be the reason there's no Kmart anymore, actually, because he robbed us blind. It took us forever to catch that. We didn't have cameras, right? I had to, like, get up in a little booth with literally binoculars, looking at mirrors, and, and uh, we finally caught that guy. All right, 888-528-2557. Do you feel safe? And we're talking about the, uh, the crime spree that we have seen in uh, some major cities, including Los Angeles, which now Los Angeles is number one in this type of crime, where a group of people get together and they'll go in and just take everything that some store has, like that happened at Yves Saint Laurent YSL here in uh, Glendale. Uh, 888-528-2557. Rick in Seal Beach. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, enjoyed listening to you thus far, and just wanted to make a comment on Maurice's comments. Yeah, in particular, I think any kind of justification for this kind of behavior is outrageous. Maurice sounds like a decently uh, well-bred, intelligent young man, but to try and add any credibility to that kind of behavior is ridiculous. Uh, I live in Seal Beach, in, a, in an over fifty-five community that's got its own security, but our surrounding areas, that stuff is going on daily. Uh, and it, it's it's when you start tolerating, it just continues. And if you don't uh, you don't start holding people accountable for the things that they're doing wrong, then in their mind's eye, nothing is being done wrong. So any talk about there's a reason is not a reason as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, um, yeah, I think you can have you can talk corner. about the whys, but you can't excuse the behavior. That's exactly right. Truth is on every corner, and somebody comes into my church, we're going to help them. And we see somebody in the street, we help them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's true with uh, most denominations for the most part. So anyway, those are just my two cents for whatever it's worth, and I appreciate what you do. All right. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for listening to the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. I do think that there is a real conversation that has to happen with our with how we are approaching 
crime. I don't think it's wrong to ask the whys, you know, and why do people respond a certain way or why, you know, there's, there's a lot of that, but there's no excuse for it. And, you know, as a Christian, something to keep in mind is you're not going to stand in front of Jesus one day and give him a whole lot of excuses for why you didn't repent. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, at the end of the day, whatever kind of rough thing that you had going on, and you might be, it, it, there are people who have horrific stories, and there are people who have had to deal with all kinds of, ad, uh, you know, uh, adverse situations and treatment and abuse. And the thing is, at the end of the day, they're still right and wrong. It just might be harder to do the right thing for some people because of their experience. But I think we're still accountable to that. And as a society, I think there's a place for mercy and justice, but not a place that turns actual uh, criminals into the victim and turns the the victims into the actual perpetrators. That's, I think, philosophically. And I'm going to give you an example of that here in a second. We've got a bunch of calls, and I do want to take your calls. Uh, but there's an example of that that's coming from Oakland. Right now, Oakland is under fire. In fact, uh, the um, the district attorney who is up in the city of Oakland, her name is Pamela Price. She is about to get recalled. And I want to play, uh, and I'll probably do this when we come back from the break here in a minute, some of her interview. And I think it's enlightening to this subject. And uh, she didn't like the interview. It's a funny thing. Here's what she said at the end of the interview. So she's, they're really getting into the issues of this. Now you have to remember that Oakland is a democratic city, a highly democratic city. It is a city that is where people are now begging them for more police for help because people do not feel safe. And the NAACP a couple of weeks ago wrote a letter saying, we do not feel safe. Our people are getting uh, attacked in our city and uh, we need help. And the at the end of this interview, when it started to get kind of touchy, she had a PR person come in the room. The PR person ended the interview early. And here's how that went. Price's PR person pushed to wrap our interview before our allotted time was up. I hope that moving forward, we will have more access to you. I doubt it, quite frankly. <laughs> she says, I doubt it. She's a public official. And I hope that we really have more access to you and uh, that we can really talk about these things. I doubt it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's where we're at, I think, with our, our politics with uh, a lot of people. 888-528-2557. Tony in Laguna Beach. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good, Tony. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Go ahead. Uh, what I wanted to say was, really, all of this is bringing in new laws, such as, let's say, once uh, everyone that is taking all these items, say Gucci. Yeah. Gucci was going to turn around and say, hey, I don't want you guys to pay with cash. No, I want you to use your palm. I want you to do your digital. Why? Because now we can see who's coming in our stores. If you get what I'm saying. Remember, everything is boiling down to control, follow. So now if they're allowing them to do this, I'll let them go on and do it. That's what I feel they're doing. Why? Because now it's real ID. They can see who you are with your mask on, off. So you, you know, give the police a, a job. And it's, it's bad all the way around. Let's yeah. just be honest. It's bad. That's, that's bad. But but why is it happening? Because it's new laws next year. It gets worse. So you think that there are some people who are leveraging this for a movement, say, away from cash or a movement towards, uh, what's it called, like bio? There's a word yeah, for it. To uh, Shireen, because let's say you go to some places where homeless is like uh, Seal Beach. There's not that much homeless it is. It's in downtown L.A. The crime is different. It's different types of crime. 
and there's less crime in certain areas. So now, guess what? The people who have power with money, because everybody goes off money, uh, we're going to go with them first because we're going to do trial and error with them. They have more money. They have more power. They have more leverage with uh, dealing with legislators and mayors, whereas those who are trying to barely survive in downtown L.A., they're going to be the guinea pigs. You know, so guess what happens? They're going to come with the idea that we're going to track who's coming in our stores now. And the people with money are we going to bow down and be willing to do it. Do you think that there's uh, – and I, I agree that that's where we're headed, into biometrics-based payments, right? So eventually – we talked about this last week. We're now at Whole Foods and at uh, Panera Bread and some other people. You can now actually scan your right hand, and it you will memorize the, the veins in your right hand, and that's how you make payment. And there are other systems where you can actually walk into a store and you have uh, a, a chip that you wear or sometimes it can be implanted. This is for real, okay? You can Google these things, everybody. And the idea is everything in the store has chipped and there's no cashiers. You just walk in, take what you want, and you walk out, and you're immediately charged. It comes right out of your bank account. Uh, I think that is the future, and I think part of the reason it's the future, certainly there's a biblical, I think, reason of where we're headed for that, but... I think part of it is because it's going to be the one way to control this kind of crime. Perfect. So, so you think that it's deliberate to get us there faster? It is, yes, because everything is moving in a rapid speed from the digital currency, from the trial and error. Just look at the president. Just look at everybody is pointing at the president. However, it's his administration and those that follow him. Just look, look at the crime. I feel it was different crime going on when Trump was in office compared to the crime now. Yeah, I mean that just everybody has their views. I'm not, but just look at what was going on from no then matter, to now, yeah, and but, nothing is getting better. Nothing is nothing is getting better. Everything is getting worse. We were doing good with Trump in office, but everything is getting worse. It's getting worse. I think you're right. I got to go to a break, Tony. I appreciate your call. Thanks for calling. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. When we get back, I'll talk a little bit about some of the pressures that are are coming to district attorneys and other people in charge and also you know why what it is that how we're all responsible in a way for these things this is the pastor scott she'll be back as the monday edition continues stay tuned you're listening to the pastor scott show podcast have any questions or comments email pastor scott now at pastor scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m now back to the show. There are people who say that we are here because they don't feel safe. We, I was elected because the people in this community didn't feel safe, unfortunately. We know that crime under my predecessor was, you know, pretty much exploding. The DA's role has really no impact on crime. That was Pamela Price, the district attorney in Alameda County, being interviewed by Betty Yu at uh, CBS up there. Uh, paperwork has been filed for her recall, and uh, she actually says at the end there that uh, the district attorney has nothing to do with crime. And yet what we're seeing nationally in many cities is district attorneys getting a lot of the blame for crime. San Francisco, in fact, recalled their district attorney uh, just uh, last year. And uh, Los Angeles tried to recall its district attorney, George Gascon, last year, but they screwed up on the process, uh, which is just ridiculous, by the way, uh, that whole uh, debacle. But um, do you think that uh, this this matters? And I'm asking the question, do you feel safe? Do you feel safer or not safe 
uh, going out and shopping. And then really, what do we do about it? We've had an interesting discussion. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Uh, Benyam, is that correct in L.A.? Is it Benyam? Am I saying it right? Yes, you're saying it correctly. All right, go ahead. All right, let's see. Uh, recently, Bank of America got caught stealing billions from its customers. Before that, what were they doing? Fargo was doing the same thing. They were taking money from their people's accounts. They were charging them for things that they never All asked for. All the different, for. the they fees, opening the account. crazy fees. Yeah. And Wells Fargo we're got in a lot of trouble for billions. Wells Fargo, same thing. Chase before that. So what does that have to do? Before that, what does that have to? People. What does that have to do? With I don't all understand. Of Why are you all worried about a couple of hundred thousand dollars being uh, snatched when you don't care about billions of dollars being stolen, not only by your banks but by your insurance companies? Well, I think those are good yeah, things to worry about. But robbed a whole bunch of people because the insurance uh, chief wouldn't let them raise their prices. Well, I'm not you sure. Know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm tracking with all of that, Benyam. But uh, you're right. There's all kinds of corporate greed and other things, and the banks have been in some trouble. I don't know if it's billions, uh, but they've been doing things to Wells Fargo, if I recall, had more to do with a bunch of fake accounts that sort of boosted their credibility in certain circles, uh, which earned them some money. And then there's fees for everything. You know, if you bounce a check or whatever. But right now we're talking about if you feel safe, go into the mall. So, you know, when I go into the bank, I usually feel safe, you know, except I hardly go into the bank anymore. Who does that? Um, But um, do you feel safe going to the mall? And one of the things that we're talking about with crime, and I think it is interesting, right, is, you know, you said, who cares about a couple hundred thousand dollars? Well, if you work for those companies, you do. And what I would say is about this. When you go into the Nordstrom and Topanga Mall and you steal, I think it was 300,000 was stolen from that. Yeah, there's. I'm sure there are some uh, rich mucky mucks who uh, run the Nordstrom peop- store, right? They're going to be fine no matter what happens to Nordstrom. But companies are full of regular people like you and me who deliver the goods, who work on the floors, who are not making a lot of money, and who drive the trucks, who unload the trucks, who load the stuff back in, who have to deal with customers who are in customer service. All of those people are hurt. And when people say, well, those companies have insurance, let me tell you something. Their insurance rate just went up, and so did yours. When we have these break-ins, when we have these thefts, your insurance goes up. My insurance goes up, okay? It's not magic money that insurance companies have. They're taking it, okay, from subscribers. And the way that insurance companies pay back Nordstrom or pay back Yves Saint Laurent is by taking the money from their other subscribers, which are you and me, and... Or, and probably some of the same thieves. And then they raise the rates on those insurance prices until you can't afford it, until those stores can't afford it. And then they go out of business. And it's true, the rich people at the top of those companies are going to be fine. But most of the people who work there have lost their job. And most people who work there are paycheck to paycheck. Most people who work there are finding it very difficult to live in Southern California because it's so expensive here, right? you got to realize that that whatever attacks are on the top echelon of rich people is it's fine, I think, to talk about the greed of the rich. And I think that, you know, I've, we've talked about it a whole nother discussion, but it used to be that you wouldn't, the culture would not allow, would just not, would not 
tolerate CEOs of companies who made more than 10 or 12 times more than the lowest paid employee at the company, or right now it could be 300 times more, right? Our society has changed. That's an issue. But at the end of the day, most people aren't making that money. There's one individual at the top or a handful of individuals at the top who are making far more money than probably their their deserve for what they do. But most people are working hard for those companies and barely making it, especially here. And all of those people are hurt by the thefts. And yeah, they're hurt by whatever happens at the banks and they're hurt by uh, any kind of crime and thefts. It matters. And they're hurt because if you feel afraid to go to the store because this is happening, then you stop buying from that store and you start buying online, which then puts that store out of business. Go to the the strip malls around town. It's amazing how many, especially since the COVID, how many are still open. Christy and I were driving around uh, the other day. You know, we're kind of new in town. So once in a while, we take a different road home. And we saw one strip mall after another where that's half empty. And there's no way it was always half empty. We think it was the COVID. All those people lost jobs. All those people have moved out of the state. All those people had something go on. And I think that's something to keep in mind is that if we think we're hurting, you know, the the wealthiest people, we're probably not. We're probably hurting ourselves with a lot of stuff. 888-528-2557. Vanessa in Hacienda Heights, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, Vanessa. Yeah, I'm listening to your show. Thanks again. You're such a blessing. Appreciate you. Thank you. And I'd like to answer the question you posed, which was, do I feel safe going out yeah. at night to the mall or other, otherwise? And the answer is absolutely not. <laughs> so you don't. So no. when you, when you go no, shop, sir. do you worry about this happening? Um, not only do I worry, but I see it. Yeah. And I'm kind of more, uh, you know, this has been going on a long time, okay? This is nothing new, unfortunately. And I've, in our little area, it's a nice little suburb here, but we, I, I saw a huge crowd of people at the local Walmart years ago, and I thought, oh, my gosh, it's going to happen right now. And I left. I don't know whatever happened, but our local CVS manager, she shared with me that this is a daily occurrence in their store. I watched a man, young, young man walk out with clothing and all kinds of stuff, which may have been a need. I don't know, but just walked out brazenly, and the employee at the store I was at said this happens Every day, this is the fifth one today. Mm. She said that they actually now, they don't call the police. They have a private investigator. But Mm. this is nothing new, and it's unfortunate, but it's also a call because it's time that we reach these people. People don't know about God these days. A lot of them were raised in godless homes. Unfortunately, it's not just a tradition or something that their family does. Yeah, or who they are. I do happen to think that a lot of what we're seeing in the decay of all levels, okay, we've got crime, right? We've got crime at the top levels of our government. We've got crime mm-hmm. uh, that's being assumed or accused in sort of all these different areas. I think that the breakdown here has to do with our country's overall rejection of uh, the idea of God, the idea that there is a judgment, that there is a true morality, right and wrong. And if they're, if you get rid of that, you see, well, then these things are fine, right? At, at every level. It's, if there's no God, if there's no ultimate judge, if there's no price to pay for getting away with it, then you might as well get away with it. Which is 
a sad, sad reality that we yeah. live in here. Well, I'm sorry that you're you're scared going out, at, and uh, just hang in there, and you know, keep your eyes open, you know, for uh, what's going on. I think I think that's a big thing, Vanessa. Thanks for calling. That we have to be alert. I guess that's where I find myself. I'm not afraid to go out and uh, do things and go to places, even places that I think are kind of sketchy. You know, most of the time, uh, I think they're pretty good. One time. You know, when we were, there was a period of time where we were at 99 cent stores all the time. That's just the way we had to live, right? And then Christy and I went to this 98 cent store, and I felt terrified in that store. We walked in there, and everyone was looking at us like, uh, you need to get out of here. And I thought, we need to go. I don't know what it is about that one penny, but whatever they're doing in here for that one penny, it's not okay. And, like, it was... (laughs) I don't, it was right across the street from a 99 cent store, same neighborhood, didn't make any difference. But the 98 cent people, that was a whole different world in there. And uh, you got something to say about that, Wilbur? See, one cent, not worth it, Scott. One cent, not worth it. You know, it's, it's when we were in the, this, you know, we were, we had some stuff to deal with debt and Christy is, uh, of the two of us, she's the one to save the money. That's the way it goes. So for her, Going across the street to the ninety-eight cent store instead of the ninety-eight cent store, ninety-nine cent store, definitely what you want to do. Uh, but uh, even she did not find it worth it in there. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. When we come back, we'll take your calls and uh, some update on uh, the fires that happened in Maui. We definitely need to be praying about that. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also follow us on social media. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. And President Biden and the First Lady are heading to Maui to meet with survivors and first responders today. Hawaii's governor says 85% of the devastated areas have now been searched, but 850 people are still unaccounted for. The president's trip comes as questions are growing about the response to the deadly fires and the lack of warning. That is a report about the fire that happened in Maui, and uh, that is a very frightening number. There are 114 people confirmed dead, but 850 meet, uh, missing. Now, a lot of those people, they might have left town, right? It's, it's, they just may not have, they may not realize that their name is on a missing persons list. Uh, so hopefully that number won't be that high. But it is beginning to get more and more disturbing as we begin to see the death toll of what will be the already is, I think, the greatest wildfire death toll in our country's history. And the leadership, of course, is getting hammered pretty hard. President Biden's, uh, I think he just landed there a few minutes ago, will probably uh, hear a little bit about that tomorrow, maybe on the show. We'll see. Um, and uh, there'll be protests and people, but I think the local people are the ones who are getting in the most heat, which is typically, honestly, the local people, any situation, are really the ones who bear the responsibility. Uh, The mayor, Maui Mayor Richard Beeson, uh, was grilled by reporters, and this is a pretty difficult scene. He was asked how many of the 850 are children. I don't know. Yes, you do. How many children are missing? You know. I knew the answer to that. I'd be happy to answer that. You have no estimate as to how many children are missing? I guess we can end this right now. You guys want 
This is one of the biggest questions that the people of Lahaina have, but you don't want to answer. It always takes one or two to ruin it for everybody. Please, this is our first our only Well, we can say that about you. You've ruined it for everybody. You're welcome to say it. You're the media. You can say whatever you want. You're a disaster. All right. Okay. Yeah, You've been the worst mayor we could possibly imagine. That gives you the uh, the tensions that are there. That's the media responding that way to uh, the mayor. The situation there is is grim, and I want us to make sure that we're aware of that, that we're praying about it. Here is some more of the news report. We're nearing two weeks since these fires broke out. There is just so much concern as to where were the sirens, where was the emergency management response. Then over the weekend and on Friday, we had the head of Maui's emergency management agency resigning, citing health concerns. So that in itself, the Maui's emergency response team on critical scrutiny. Then you also have then from the official here from the mayors, from the governor. They've also said that they're going to have a review on how that response went. And then it's the Hawaiian Electric Company, the power lines that went down, the power lines that were ignited. There are now lawsuits against that, too, as that's possibly an early trigger. There's just an awful lot uh, going on there, and a lot of things just went the the wrong way. 888-528-2557. So there's 850 people missing uh, many are presumed, I think, are going to be presumed dead at some point. Hopefully that's not true. Hopefully uh, there's, you know, a thousand people on another island and they just escaped. But uh, it's it's a bad scene and they don't know how many kids are, are uh, involved in that. I don't want this to sort of leave our consciousness and we want to pray in particular for the Christians who are there. There's only 12,000 people on that island who live there, who actually live there. And that means that just statistically speaking, if there are 114 presumed dead, there are obviously many people hurting and then maybe a lot more dead. That means that every person on that island is affected personally. And when it's only that many people, well, there's only 12,000 people who live there and there are that many people who have died, that probably means that almost, if not every single person on that island knows somebody who did not survive this fire. It is a a terrible scene. And I just want to remind you, you can go to harvest.org. Um, there's some other places you can go to, Samaritan's Purse or other Christian organizations who are working really hard. Harvest uh, Christian Fellowship, where Greg Laurie is the pastor, they have a campus there, a church campus for Harvest. And, uh, you know, I think that it's the church who's going to have a tremendous need there. And you have to remember that our brothers and sisters in Christ are part of that 12,000 who are hurting because they've lost loved ones or lost friends or they know people who have been wounded there. And they're also there, I think, for a reason to help in the healing. So let's not forget that. And uh, please, please keep that in mind. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Donna in Orange, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, hello, Pastor Pastor Scott. Thank you for taking my You're call. You're welcome, Donna. Um, you know, I was watching the news the other day, and they were interviewing a young man there in, in on Maui, and um, he was talking about uh, the fact that he had 14 people living with him because they didn't have shelter. Yeah. I think I might have seen and that same I, thing, that same one you yeah, saw. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and the, there are thousands without shelter. And the, the hotels are opening up rooms, but it's only for a short time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what, what's the point of, of Biden going there to gloat about the lousy $700 he's giving them? Well, I think Big that deal. I think uh, 
for sure the president did not handle this well, and neither did most of the other people. But I do think he needs to go there. I think that whether he might be late, but he needs to go there and he needs to, you know, he got in trouble last week because they asked him about it. And he said, they asked, the question was, you, I would play this for you, but you can't hear it very well on the radio. Uh, and I appreciate your call, uh-huh. Donna. They, they asked him, what is your comment on the rising death toll in Maui? And he said, no comment. That's a terrible response. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing about being a president is that you do have a, pastoral role. I think you have that with any role in leadership. If you're the the manager of a, you know, supermarket that burns down or something, you you're going to have some kind of pastoral role with your employees. It's just part of leadership. Leadership is ultimately very relational. It just is. And you know, when you think of some of our our best presidents, you see their best moments are what? Typically not the policies, but the way they are with people. Right. When you really think of, you know, and I'll just go back, you know, a ways pastoral presidents who are meeting with the family in person and embracing them and praying for them. And you see some pretty good leaders that we've had in our our country. Uh, President Reagan was great at that. Um, He was not necessarily in person, one of the closest people you could get to, but he was great at caring for the people who went through tragedy. Uh, Bill Clinton was very good at that. I could feel your pain, you know, he would say, but he kind of could. You know, he that was one of the things that was attractive about him in the minds of a lot of people is that he was able to uh, relate. You know, when did George W. Bush, you know, at the end of his term, he became very unpopular for some policy reasons. But I think that the reason that people will love him in history is because of his response at 9-11 and other things. When when he gave that, you know, coming up on the anniversary of 9-11, so I think of these things, when he gave his his eulogy at the National Cathedral a few days after, I think it was that day that he became president, like in the minds of most people. And it's interesting because it's not a policy or, or an opinion. It was a pastoral moment. So, you know, for the president going over there, he's going to get criticized a lot because his response hasn't been very good. George Bush got hammered pretty good for the uh, Katrina thing, you know, if you remember that. And he did a flyby, and his reason was, I don't want to get on the ground and destroy all of the rescue efforts and things. There's some legitimacy to that. Biden is saying the same thing about going to Hawaii. But I think you have to balance that out with what it means to be present. I think you have to balance that out with what it means to actually be with people and listen to them. And those people in Maui are suffering. They are, when you watch the, the videos that people are posting online and they're just crying out, one, one man was saying, it gets worse every day because also the tourists aren't coming and that's how they make a living, right? So he was walking through this shopping mall that was empty. There's no no customers, nobody there. And he went out to the beach, and he just shows it, and he says, everybody on this beach is a local, and there's hardly anybody on the beach. And I know people, and, and you probably do too, lots of people. The person who cut my hair the other day was saying, well, we were going to Maui, now we're not. Uh, it is just a, a tragedy that is being compounded and compounded, and it's not over yet, and the death toll might be might be very huge. So there is a lot of criticism that you can do for for leaders or compliments when they do things right. But you know, at the end of the day, our hope is not in the government doing its job. Uh, Hopefully our governments do its job. We want our governments to do its job. And sometimes the criticisms are fair and sometimes they're not fair. 
but it's an opportunity for us to realize that the people who are suffering there, their hope is in Jesus Christ. I don't mean to say just trite, you know, Christian program on Pastor Scott, you know, I, that's true, that there's a lot of criticism that's valid, I think, for the way this has been responded to, uh, for the fact that this went so bad, but also it was this this freak storm where the winds were blowing and it just, when you watch the videos of what happened, I'm not sure there was a whole lot more that could happen. I mean, the fire uh, uh, hydrants uh, didn't have water and there's lots of problems like that and the alarm didn't go off and people can argue a lot about a lot of that. But at the end of the day, the recovery from this for people, their personal recovery is not going to happen because it's financial. It's not going to happen because their loved ones are safe if they're fortunate enough to have that situation. The recovery is when the hands and feet of Jesus Christ respond. That's not going to make the news. That's not going to be on NBC or CNN or Fox News most of the time. That is something, though, that will be in the hearts of the people who hear from the lovers of Jesus, the people who love Jesus, and because of that, they know that they, even in the midst of their own hurting, that they have a role to play. And our role is to pray. You can give if you would like to harvest.org or Samaritan's Purse or there's other organizations. Just make sure it's a, an organization that is legitimate. We've talked about crime this hour, and there's people I'm sure ripping people off uh, because of their, uh, you know, taking advantage of their compassion. But keep in mind that what needs to happen there is the love of Jesus. He's the one who's the comforter. He's the one who's defeated death. You know, the reason that this is a tragedy, the reason that we feel so terrible about this is because death is the enemy. And never let anybody tell you that death is just, you know, a part of life, just a biological, you know, circle of life type of thing. Death is the enemy. That's why this is so bad. That's why we we desperately try to stay alive in our last couple of weeks of life and where we keep our loved ones alive as long as we can. It's because death is the enemy. But death has been defeated by Jesus Christ, and we've got the good news of the gospel and his resurrection to tell people about that. So keep that in mind. All right, Pastor Scott Show, one every day from 3 to 5. You can watch the Pastor Scott Show at kkla.com. If you miss an hour of the show, subscribe to the Pastor Scott Show podcast, and you can follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.